0: That the human heart, I mean this physical organ here in the chest, is receiving more attention than perhaps any other time in the history of the world. I wonder why that is. Well, I think you know why. Because heart disease heads the list as the leading cause of death in the United States and in many other countries. There are reasons for this, I'm not going to study all those reasons tonight, but I'd like to get some lessons from it. You know, I read a statement when I was in one of the offices of the medical college the other day, and this this sounds like a fantastic statement but it was in the news of the American Medical Association. It wasn't science fiction. It said that a report indicated that research work now being done would result in soon being able to make artificial hearts and that the business of making artificial hearts would eventually be the number two industry in the United States coming only after the making of automobiles. Mm -hmm. Now, as I say, that sounds fantastic. But if anything remotely like that were to happen, it would really be something, as we say. Wouldn't it, Frank? Mm -hmm. Yes, it would. This only highlights what I've just said, that the human heart is receiving a great deal of attention today. Now, Brother Fields, I wish you'd come up here. I want to ask you a question or two. What's that thing you have in your hand?
1: Stethoscope.
0: And what's that good for, that stethoscope? Listening to the heart. Yes, doctors and those who help them, use this instrument in dealing with the heart and the circulatory system as well as with the lungs. But just now we're thinking about the heart. Now, when a doctor puts this instrument on and puts it over the heart, of course there are many things that he's listening for. Uh, Brother, could you just tell us some of the things that the doctor might find as he listens through that stethoscope. Well, one thing he notices is the uh, sound of the beat or the percussion, which would indicate the force of the heartbeat. Another thing that he might hear is what we call a murmur, which is sort of an undertone uh, that's heard along with the beat. Or another term that used is fibrillation, which is a fluttering of the heart. A number of these indicate damage in certain areas of the heart. Uh, maybe a larger heavier pounding might indicate an uh, enlargement of the muscles of the heart. Have you ever had your heart listen to me? I see your hand. Yes, most of you have had your heart listened to. Well, I'm not going to study all the different things about the heart tonight. Thank you, brother. But I would like to study with you heart murmurs, because murmurs may indicate heart trouble. And I'd like to study that with you. Now, they may not be very loud, A heart murmur doesn't sound like a cannon going off, does it, brother? No. No. It doesn't even sound like a barking dog or one of these coyotes that we hear at night. A murmur may be rather quiet, but murmurs indicate something. And it's what those murmurs indicate that I'd like to have you think about tonight and also what to do about it. Because the great physician has his stethoscope. He's available for a physical, mental, and spiritual examination for those who are willing to submit to his scrutiny. And he has a prescription to give us. Murmurs. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses 10 and 11. It's talking about the children of Israel back there in the desert who for 40 years were on their way from Egypt to Canaan. Did they finally get there? Yes. But they were delayed. And one of the things that delayed them was this business of murmurs. Murmurings, murmurers. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses 10 and 11. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed disc- destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. What was all this written down for? For us, right down here at the very end of time. Do you think we're at the end of time? Well then, this is written for us. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Do you mean that murmuring can indicate a condition that means destruction? Precisely. Murmurs indicate heart trouble. How's your heart, anyway? Are there any murmurs that the great physician would detect with his stethoscope? Now Paul is speaking here of some experiences that took place all along the way in the desert. Let's go back to Exodus. We'll start with the 15th chapter. Chapter. Let's listen to the heart. Exodus, the 15th chapter, verses 23 and 24. Now, the 22nd verse said that for three days they hadn't found any water. Maybe some of you know about some water problems. What's the answer? Well, the 24th verse says the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Three days they didn't have any water, and then they got bitter water. Well, now, it's about time to murmur after three days if nobody's done anything, isn't it? No. Because we've just read in 1 Corinthians 10, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured. God wrote down what they did not so we could copy them, but so that we wouldn't copy them. They were in samples of the sad results of murmuring. Well, God gave them some water. He pointed out a tree to take care of the bitterness, and of course the people were happy. But now the 16th chapter, the very next chapter, the second verse, what are they doing again? The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. What were they murmuring about this time? Who? Let me tell you, friends, when you touch... The water and touch the food of people. You really touch something. And the whole congregation were doing what? Murmuring. Murmuring. Well, God gave them manna. So now they had water. And they had food. Seventeenth chapter. They ran out of water again. Third verse. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses, and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? The next verse said, Things were so bad they were about ready to stone Moses. Three chapters, and every chapter, what do you hear? Murmurs, murmurs, murmurs. You know what it indicates? Heart trouble. The difficulty is with the heart. And what we need, dear friends, if we find ourselves in that condition, is more than a muzzle. We need some heart surgery. That's what we need. Let's go over to Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, and we'll find the offer of the great physician and surgeon to deal with this problem. Oh, I'm so glad God is willing to take us with our poor hearts with all their murmurs, 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 and do something about it. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. Thank God, this is no artificial heart. This isn't something made in a factory. This isn't a makeshift or a make-believe. This is something better than you and I were born with, right? God offers to take away the stony heart out of our flesh. And if you have a stony heart, I can tell you this, the valves are not closing properly. And as the blood swishes through there and leaks, those incompetent valves betray themselves in sounds that are not normal. What's the remedy? The remedy is a new heart. That's the only remedy the divine surgeon has to suggest. It isn't patching up the old one. There is no medicine that can cure you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Oh, friend, this is a heart of love instead of selfishness. A heart of thanksgiving instead of complaining. A heart of praise instead of murmurs, murmurs, murmurs. Which would you rather have? Which is your choice? Does murmuring make you glad or make you sad? Of course, if somebody murmurs against us, that usually makes us sad. But suppose we're the ones that are doing the murmuring. Ah, oh, friends, I can tell you this it'll never make us truly happy. Murmurs indicate heart trouble. Oh, that God may lead us to flee to the doctor who is able to do marvelous surgery. And get these stony hearts, these murmuring hearts, out of our bodies, out of our lives, and get an experience that is like here. What do you say? I want to read a few things from the inspired councils that have come to this people. We're so fortunate, friends in having this great magnifying glass. Volume 4, page 568. Whatever crosses you may be required to bear, whatever labors or sufferings are imposed upon you by his hand, you are to accept without a murmur. Without a murmur. Well, how can people do this? The only way they can do it is have new hearts If you and I murmur about the crosses we have to bear, shows there's something wrong with our hearts. If you and I murmur about the labors or sufferings that are imposed upon us, heart trouble, that's what, that's the difficulty. Mark you then, the answer does not lie in changing the conditions. The answer lies in changing the heart. The answer does not lie in getting rid of the cross. The answer lies, friends, in this replacement. A new heart also will I give you a new spirit will I put within you. Let's ask him for it. What do you say? Volume 4, page 442. If God appoints us hard labor to perform, we must do it without a murmur. How can we? If we have the new heart, we can. If we have the old heart, we can't. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Children, are you ever tempted to murmur against your parents? Well, if you are, ask Jesus to give you a heart that doesn't murmur. He's in the business. He wants to. If you really want it, of course I can tell you this, young and old, he's not going to grab you and tie you down to the operating table and take that heart out of you whether you want to change it or not. No, he's not going to do that. He, he waits for you to seek him for this remedial work if God appoints us hard labor to perform, we must do it without a murmur. I want that experience. What do you think? And can we have it? If we have the new heart, we can. we have the old heart, impossible. Here's another statement that impresses me. Volume 7, page 183. This is talking about murmuring against the leaders in one of God's institutions. Pray every morning that it may receive God's richest blessing, one of God's institutions. Do not encourage criticism and complaining. Let no murmurs or complaints come from your lips. Remember that angels hear these words. All must be led to see that these institutions are of God's appointment. Those who disparage them in order to serve their own interests must render an account to God. Then, if I murmur against an institution that's doing a work for God, what does it indicate is the matter with me? I have heart trouble. And the remedy is not in changing the institution or its leaders. The, in- the remedy lies in getting a new heart. Don't misunderstand me. Doubtless. Every institution in this world that is carried on by imperfect men could stand some improvement. But my dear friends, keep this in mind. If you could land in a perfect institution, If you have a natural heart, there'd still be some murmurs. Do not think that to be surrounded with perfection would cure your complaining. Do you know where murmuring started? Where? Oh, surely nobody would murmur in heaven. Is that where it started? Did it really? There's something about this kind of heart trouble that's infectious and contagious too, For How many finally began to murmur? One-third. Things must have been pretty bad up there if one-third of the population said we can't stand it any longer. Was there anything for them to murmur about? Not a thing, not one thing, but they found some things that they thought made it excusable and even something worthwhile to do, to complain about it, murmur about it. Oh, my friends, will that have to be cured before we ever take their places? Is God looking for men and women and boys and girls that will go up there to heaven and fill those vacancies that were made 6,000 years ago? Do you think murmuring will be part of their program? Oh, friend, may I tell you, it seems to me I would do anything that I know tonight to help some of you to just quit murmuring. I mean it. Good people. Good men and women. Good young people. Love the Lord. But they murmur. They complain about this thing and that thing and the other thing and this person and that person. But remember, murmurs indicate what? Heart trouble. That's the difficulty. The Lord Jesus came down in this world and went through all the experiences we will ever have to meet. And how often did he murmur? How often did he complain? Not one. Why? Our friend. He had a heart. The same kind of heart he wants to give you and me. A heart without complaining. A heart without murmuring. Let's ask him for it. What do you say? Let this mind be in you. I fear that some of us have thought that we had to do about a certain amount of murmuring if things weren't the way they ought to be. No, no. Of all times, that's the time not to murmur friends. God and angels are already having enough problems with sin and failure and inefficiency without my adding my murmuring. What do you say? And murmuring isn't the way to help people. Censure and criticism and fault finding are not the ways to help people. Murmurs indicate heart trouble. God help us to go and get the remedy. This says, Volume 7, 183, God wants us to do much more praying and much less talking. Will you do it? More what? Pray. Less what? Less talking. Less murmuring. Do not criticize those who carry the burdens of responsibility. Let not the conversation in your homes be poisoned with criticism of the large workers. What does criticism do? Poisons the atmosphere. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. I was in a place not very many days ago where it was just smog, smog, smog. You know, it's even killing some of the trees. But here is a Poison. That is worse, the poison of complaining, of murmuring, of criticism, of false finding. God keep us from it. What do you say? Now, let's look at another angle of this thing. That is criticism of the church and its leadership. Volume 1, page 251. There is a class, who profess to believe the truth, but who cherish secret feelings of dissatisfaction against those who bear the burden in this work. Such readily receive, cherish, and circulate reports which have no foundation in truth to destroy the influence of those who are engaged in this work. All who wish to draw from the body will have opportunity. Something will arise to test everyone. You know sometimes when a doctor is wanting to see if there's some weakness in the heart, he'll have the patient exercise some way. Maybe jump up and down or climb up on something a number of times. And the great physician, friends, is anxious that you and I find out just what's the matter with it. This says something will arise to test everyone. And if there are deep down in our hearts secret feelings of dissatisfaction, criticism, fault-finding against the Church and its leadership, Something is going to happen that will bring that out. Bring it out to the surface. That's what happened back there in the desert. They murmured against Moses and Aaron when they ran out of water. They murmured against Moses and Aaron when they ran out of food. And so with other experience. They murmured when the spies came back and told about the great walled cities and the giants. All right. Something will arise to test everyone. The great sifting time is just before us. The jealous and the fault-finding who are watching for evil will be shaken out. They hate reproof and despise correction. But do you know, my dear friends, what happens when people are shaken out of this movement because of their criticism and fault-finding, then they keep right on peddling that criticism and fault-finding and trying to introduce it at every chance they get. Don't forget this simple fact. Murmurs indicate what? Heart trouble. And so when we hear people murmuring, instead of greedily devouring the reports they circulate, let's pray for them. They need to go to the great surgeon and get a replacement. They need some heart surgery. Let's pray for them, but certainly let's not imitate them. Now, in this same volume one, I found two other statements about murmuring that I must share with you. Volume 1, page 699. You need a fresh conversion every day. Think of it, friends. Every day we've got to go and have this surgery done. Don't think once for all is enough. You need a fresh conversion every day. Die daily to self. Keep your tongue as with a bridle. Control your words. Cease your murmuring and complain. Let not one word of censure escape your lips. If this requires a great effort, make it. You will be repaid in so doing. Now this says to cease murmuring. Now, in the same volume, page 706, it says forever cease your murmuring. What does cease mean? Stop. And what does forever mean? It means a long time, doesn't it, friend? As long as you live, at any rate. Is that right? Forever cease your murmuring. Oh, I'm so glad, I repeat, that Jesus is in the business of taking people with their poor hearts, their complaints, their murmurs and he says, come to me, and I'll work on you. It's when we behold Jesus on the cross and discern that he had to die because of our murmurs and complaints that we begin to realize what a serious thing this is. And as we see him in Gethsemane sweating the great drops of blood, as we see him met by the mob, bound, beaten, put upon. As we see him in the judgment hall, scourged till his back is one raw mass; As we see him led out to Calvary. And watch the soldiers drive those great spikes through his hands and feet. And remember... That through it all, not one murmur, not one word of complaint escapes his lips. Oh, pray that God may give us a heart like his. What do you say? He can. He will. Turn now to Philippians, the second chapter. If you think that this standard is too high, that this requirement is too strict, that this is expecting too much, Philippians, the second chapter, and the 14th verse, do all things without murmuring and disputing that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. The darkness is the darkness of selfishness, complaining, fault finding. The light is the light of love, unselfish love, forgiving love, love that suffereth long and is tied. Do all things without murmuring. Can we do it? Well, the answer is in the 12th and 13th verses just preceding. He says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If we'll get down on our knees and ask God to forgive us for our murmuring, then if we'll ask him to give us a heart like his that doesn't murmur, accept it, and begin to put our wills on the side of love and faith and thanksgiving and praise instead of murmur. all oh, friends, angels will rejoice and those around us will witness that God has done something in our lives. Now, sister, come sing, please murmur not. I want you to listen to these precious words that I know will bless our souls. Wait and murmur not. Wait and murmur not. Is there somebody here tonight that as we've looked at Calvary, as we sense the need of a new experience, a different experience, I wonder if there's somebody here tonight that says, Lord, I see that I've been murmuring and complaining and I want to quit it. And I see that the way to quit it is not just by some human resolution. I see that I need surgery from the great physician, the great surgeon. Oh, I mean this, friends, in a very practical way. If one person here tonight can really get the divine remedy for murmuring, a great victory will have been won. And I'm talking now to saints. I'm not talking to the bootleggers and the gamblers, the drunkards and the thieves. I'm talking to the members of the household of faith. It was the children of Israel that murmured praise, not the Amalekites and the Egyptians that were studying about Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed. God help us to see this thing for the hideous, wicked, cruel, heaven-delaying thing that it is, and want to get rid of it the way the drunkard longs to be delivered from his alcohol and the tobacco slave pleads for victory over cigarettes. We'll never have it till we want it that bad, my friend. Oh, is there somebody here tonight that says, God is talking to my soul. I see that this murmuring has got to stop. And stop tonight. I see that I need the divine surgery. Is there somebody like that here, friend? I wish you would just stand up quietly and bow your head. Let God do something for you. Because He's waiting to be gracious. Do you mean it, Pray? Do you? Oh, that the grace of God may come in in a mighty way. Shall we kneel together? Heavenly Father, here we are, kneeling at Thy feet, pleading for the divine miracle. Some of us in the past have knelt at Thy cross, and with tears besought Thee to deliver us from whiskey, or tobacco, or Sabbath-breaking, or some other gross sin. And thou didst hear us, Lord, and thou didst work the miracle. Tonight our heart's cry is deeper yet, deeper yet, into the crimson flood. Oh, my Father, I pray thee that these murmuring hearts may be taken out of us, that we shall no longer delay the advance of Israel to the promised land. I pray that thou will give us a view of Jesus, beaten, smitten, bruised, bleeding, without one murmuring word, without one complaining thought. Oh, give us a love for thee, for one another, for thy institutions and for thy church. That we shall have no interest in the gossip, the complaining, whether it be concerning high or low. God, do a miracle in our hearts tonight. We believe you hear us, and we thank thee for the answer. And we're going from this meeting with the consciousness that thou hast forgiven our sins, and we're putting our wills on the side of faith and action. We thank thee.